What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 27 of your favorite swim bait podcast, Scales and Tails. Today, I'm joined by a gentleman from, uh, I guess, the west side of the country, but not necessarily the west coast. Today, I have Mr. Gage Seibel. Gage, Mr. Gage Seibel. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he what what state do you live in? Do you live in Colorado? Is that what state you're in? Yeah, I'm in Colorado, but people a lot of times will uh, think that I live in Nebraska because I do so much fishing out there. Um, it's basically just a couple hours away, but it's a completely different world when it comes to fishing from Colorado to Nebraska. So, yeah, I live in Colorado, but um, I do a lot of fishing out there as well. It's kind of 50-50. Okay, dope. So kind of before we get into necessarily like the fishing aspect of everything, how did you get into swim baits and kind of what, how'd you, how'd you wet your toes in this very, very expensive hobby that we all share? <laughs> so, um, I mean, being in Colorado, a lot of guys from at least seeing my posts and my followers and stuff like that think, that, at least that live out of state, think that Colorado is primarily a smallmouth fishery um as a as a whole state and it, it's really not it's really 50 50 between smallmouth and largemouth um i just specifically only really target smallmouth just because i mean i've been into bass fishing for about 13 years now and i think just as a younger kid uh getting into bass fishing um no one really taught me i kind of just started watching youtube videos did some trial and error out in the water and learned from there um i really liked smallmouth over over largemouth i mean i thought they pound for pound fought harder they were just more difficult to catch so it was more of a challenge for me um and overall i just i kind of fell in love with smallmouth over really any other species in colorado colorado is a very um diverse state when it comes to different species to target um so over the last 13 years i really just mainly focused on primarily smallmouth and i mean in, in colorado everyone thinks that um, okay, we got mountains, we've got all kinds of rivers, um, lots of water, stuff like that. Um, but actually, most of our fisheries are strictly trout fisheries, or um, at least Colorado Parks and Wildlife tries to make all of our fisheries, even in uh, inner cities and stuff like that, even ponds, they'll try to make put and take uh, a trout fisheries and stuff like that. So, so finding bass wasn't always the easiest thing right off the bat. Um, but we have a lot of deep, clear water and it's being in Colorado, typically a lot cooler temps compared to other states. Um, so I was a real finesse fisherman for the last however many years I've been doing this. Um, and I was dialing in on like the drop shot and Carolina rigs, stuff like that. Um, and I learned smallmouth really well. Um, majority of the fishing community in my state, um, kind of knew that I was really good at finesse fishing and stuff like that. But I got to a certain point in the last couple of years where I was like, man, like I cannot break the five pound mark on smallmouth. So I, I was just like looking in different ways to just target bigger fish and stuff like that. There's a couple, the swim bait community in Colorado is very small. Um, I mean, two years ago I could count on two hands, how many guys were throwing swim baits in the entire state. And I had a couple old sticks that have been throwing swim baits for years and years from California and stuff like that reach out to me uh, from time to time, show me pictures of their fish and stuff like that. And they'd be throwing in Colorado. Three sixteens are a real big thing. Um, so the, the top hook trouts are what a lot of guys are throwing. I was like, man, these guys are catching some decent fish on swim baits. So I finally, uh, two years ago, I decided to dabble in it a little bit. And 
last year was my first full year of being like completely dedicated to just throwing swim baits. And I, I just absolutely hammered them on swim baits right off the bat. So I was, I was pretty hooked immediately on it. Um, so my first season completely throwing just swim baits, I did end up finally breaking that five pound mark, uh, twice in the same day, actually. So my PBs with conventional gear were, it was, it was like a joke. It was like someone was playing a joke on me, dude. It was ridiculous. <laughs> my PBs were like 513, 514, and 515, like all consecutively, everything leading up to five, but could never break that five pound mark. I get into swim bait fishing. I buy a couple huds and stuff like that immediately on a HUD, dude, one, one, I think it was like April or May, uh, pre-spawn smallmouth. I get a five ten and then a five nine within like two hours of one another. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, like I'm completely sold on these. So after that moment right there, I, I kind of went all out and I probably did what I wouldn't recommend to new people into swim bait fishing. And I bought a ridiculous amount of baits. Like I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on everything I thought was cool between, uh, Swimbait Universe, Swimbait Nation, all, all the different pages, the black market. Um, and I kind of went ridiculous with it for a while. Um, as I've grown within my little Swimbait venture and stuff like that, I've kind of toned down buying baits and stuff like that. I've actually sold a lot of baits and kind of just narrowed it down to making sure that I have all of my bases covered. So whether I'm fishing, you know, shad eater lakes or, or trout eater lakes, perch, and then all the different water columns for those um, type of species or forage bases that I'm trying to mimic. And I really just kind of stick with those now. It was kind of long and drawn out, but yeah, that's kind of how it started for me. No, you're good. That's uh, honestly, I have not talked to many guys. So like guys who start and they're about 18 or 19, like they're old enough to work and, and have their own money and stuff or even older, like twenties and thirties. That's, that's how it always starts out. They get into it. They, they start off with like some cheaper baits, that's waiver gantrells, that sort of stuff, bullshit. And they catch a mm-hmm. couple of fish, they do it for a couple months, and then they, everybody gets bit by that bug and they just go crazy. They're buying everything. They, they, they're buying two or three baits a day for a week or two at a time. And I, I won't lie, I was, I was a part of that. I bought, uh, I bought a Hinkle Shad, Depths 250. I had like two Depths 250s. I had a Phony Frog. I had, um, a class. You buy a ghost a too. Ghost. Yeah, yep. I had a ghost. Uh, <laughs> shit, what else did I have? I had a. I just had a bunch of shit, and I caught fish on all of them. The only thing I didn't catch a fish on was the ghost, but I, I lost one, and I didn't really know how to fish any of that DRT stuff, so I lost all the accessories for it. But I caught fish on everything, and then it kind of was about a year or two later. I was like, I don't need all this stuff, and I sold. I sold a lot of it, and I. I kept like the, I kept the Hinkle and I kept some of the other stuff and I still fish it all today, but I was like, wow, like I went crazy and I, I don't even want to know how much money I spent on all that stuff within a matter of a month or two, because it was, it was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, dude, I think that's, I think that's most of us. I mean, I remember, I mean, my girlfriend alone will tell you, <laughs> I'd be sitting there on my days off and I would just be sitting there just scrolling everything, just looking for the next cool thing to buy. Like it was ridiculous. And it was getting to the point where I was like, damn, I forgot I even had that bait. I've never even fished it. <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, this is getting a little crazy. You're going out there and you can't fit all your baits in like two thirty seven hundred deep. So you get you gotta leave shit at home. And it's oh, like, dude, oh gosh, it's, like, it's, it was bad. I was literally 
I have I have a giant like three day camping trip like hiking backpack and I would pack it to the brim with swim baits. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It it got insane. Yeah, it's uh once once you kind of do that for a year, you kind of tone down a little bit and you're like, okay, like I just need something to cover the wake, the glide, uh, crank down, and whatever else, soft baits, uh, brawler, whatever. If I have like the basics and and bait that I know will catch fish, I don't need all this extra shit. And that's exactly like where I'm at now. I probably only have like only I probably only have like 15 baits, but they're like they're 15 baits that I can go out and catch fish on. Sure, and then throughout the season. And for Colorado, or I can't really say for Colorado, but for me specifically, being in Colorado. All of my confidence was in soft baits. I had so many soft baits. Dude, like right off the bat, I ended up with like my first three burritos. And then I went from three burritos to like 40 of them within like a two month span. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, but I didn't have any confidence in hard baits like at all. I had like a few glides. I had, um, I remember I had my, my very first higher end glide bait was an eight inch dock rat trout. And I had that, and then I had, like, my first TK, which isn't really a glide, but it was, it was like, one of my first hard baits. I, I really right. didn't have any hard baits at all compared to soft baits because I, I had so much confidence. I think I was looking back at my past of being a finesse fisherman and fishing things slow and on the bottom. So I, I was automatically thinking, I'm like, man, I want to I fish soft baits on the bottom deeper where they're going to be at because Colorado, people think Colorado is cold. And for the most part, it is compared to other states. But our summers, I mean, we it still gets pretty hot. Our our smallmouth go deep, so I wanted things to be right on bottom. So I bought a lot of Huddlestons, um, some Savage Gear uh, trout style soft bait stuff like that. And um, I, I never threw glides, and then until this season, really, um, or the, I guess the end of last season. And uh, once I once I did that, I started going to town on. You know, the bigger style trout glides, the Depths 250, the um, bigger Sly guys and stuff like that. Um, I One bait I really, really love, and I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talk about, is the is the Hoog trout. I love oh, the glide on that yeah. bait. It is so stable. That is one thing that I'm a total snob about, is the stability on a bait. I would say, like, everyone always talked up as, as soon as I got into swim bait fishing and started kind of dabbling in the community a little bit guys would bring up the depths 250 all the time and like you, there's no arguing the success behind the 250 um it it, it straight up draws in fit i've witnessed it firsthand but i just did not like the way that once i got it closer to the bank it would start to nose up on me mm-hmm. um so i just i feel like confidence is everything when it comes to swim bait fishing because if you don't have the confidence to throw something and really grind with it you're not going to have a lot of success on it yeah, dude. so it's funny. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the hook trout because when I was when I was uh, living up at home and I was fishing Lake Michigan and stuff, taxi trout would catch me a lot of fish, and it got to the point where taxi trouts were stupid hard to find. Either guys just didn't want to sell them or or whatever. I couldn't I couldn't find them in the the hook trout. That was like the year after it came out. I was like, fuck, like I need one of those, and I never ended up getting one. But uh, if I if I see one come up, I would probably buy it in the next couple months because I think it'd be a kick ass bait in the spring. Dude, I think they're so sick. I, I mean, I think I can get the Hoog to glide just as wide as the Depths 250. It just doesn't have 
the name and the reputation and the years behind it. I love that bait. I think it glides so well, and I honestly think it's more stable than the 250. But once again, I've, I mean, I've thrown the 250 a ton. I've thrown my, uh, I think they're nine and a half inch, the Sly guys around. I have still gotten more followers behind the 250. I don't know if it has to do with like the spring and lead um, mechanism inside of it or, or what it is. But like, I've just, I've seen so many fish in places that I've fished over the years that I'd never saw before with that bait. And I just recently picked up the 250 too. I've only had it this one year. Um, it's not really? even like I've, I've put a ton of a time into it or anything like that. I've, I've thrown it here and there, and I've had a ton of followers. Um, but Colorado's just hard in general, man, because, I mean, it's not a big bass state. It could be for smallmouth, um, but our management system in Colorado is not based around trophy sport fish. They actually, in Colorado, have, like, kill tournaments and stuff like that to get rid of predatory fish. So that they can make more money off of put and take uh, trout fisheries where they're easy to catch and people will buy a lot of day licenses and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it's a travel state. People come here um, during the ski months. They come here to the mountains during the summers and stuff like that. So it's a lot easier for them to make money off of individuals that are coming back and forth, I guess, rather than trying to make it a... A trophy fishery where it's, you know, you're, it's not as easy to catch the fish, but the quality is there. So that's why I go to Nebraska yeah. a lot. I mean, their regulations are a ton better, in my opinion, compared to Colorado. You know, it's funny you say that because Michigan is kind of in the same boat as far as Colorado goes. The, uh, the salmon run in the fall, so like right now, that is, I mean, let me Google how much money that brings into the state because the amount of money they put back into it to, to all these charter companies and planting salmon, making sure there's always salmon planted and stuff. It's fucking crazy. And if they put that much time and effort into in some of our other things, like uh, like panfish limits, if we had a panfish limit more strict, like like Minnesota and Wisconsin, I think yeah. we'd have super big panfish. Like at one point in time, you could keep 50 bluegill in Michigan at once. And now, now they knocked it down to 25 a, a trip. But like out in Minnesota and stuff, you're only allowed like five or 10 or something. And then like bass, I think you're allowed five bass here over 14 inches, which is whatever. But I don't yeah. know. I feel like they could do a lot better with the situation they have at hand. Well, and dude, that's it's the same. Yeah, exact same thing here. I mean, Colorado has the ability to grow giant, giant fish. Yes, it's an overall colder state than some. So, you know, they have a little bit of a slower growth rate, but we have trout eaters everywhere. I mean, we've grown world class pike before. Um, one of our like stagecoach, there has been absolutely insane pike caught out of there. Um, one of one of the local like Denver metro area lakes that we have, it's called Aurora Reservoir. Um, we got a certain strain of smallmouth. I can't remember where they're from. They're different than the rest of the state. I think they're from Kentucky or something like that. But they just grow to insane proportions. They all they do all day long is just hammer trout and perch. They go to town. And um, it's like the one fishery where we have like actual like true giants. Um, so our Colorado Parks and Wildlife every spring, uh, they'll put out cast nets and stuff like that, or sorry, gill nets during the uh, the walleye spawn, and they'll they'll do all of their studies and stuff like that. And they'll always along the dam net uh, smallmouth and stuff like that along with the walleye. Uh, two years ago, they netted 
a couple smallmouth over over seven pounds and one over eight pounds. Oh. I'm like, okay, oh. so we can grow eight pounds smallmouth here, dude. Like that's crazy. But they don't try to do it. They have kill fest where they tell people or the public that smallmouth are invasive and they eat all their precious trout. So to catch and kill all of them. But we have the ability to do it. I mean, if you look at Colorado compared to like let's say Idaho. Idaho is where the next state record smallmouth will be, like a hundred percent. Um, I'll say ninety percent, just because there could be some freak <laughs> thing. But if you know about any of the lakes in Idaho, like they grow some monster, monster smallmouth out there. <clears throat> and their weather conditions and stuff are very similar to ours. They've got trout and kokanee everywhere we have trout and kokanee everywhere as well i mean we have the ability to do it um it's just all about really the management damn dude um circling back because i found the numbers so in 2016 charter fishing generated 23 million dollar michigan coastal communities resulting in 476,361 employment hours lake michigan charter fishery is the largest according to around 70 percent of the state's charter fishing effort According to the Michigan DNR, dude, it's wow. fucking crazy how much money <laughs> you dump into it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. And yeah. like, it's it's to the point, like you said, where the trout and stuff, like they put all this money into the trout fishing because that's what everybody comes here for is is to go out on Lake Michigan and catch catch a July run uh, steelhead or a July run trout or mm-hmm. uh, salmon. It's, I mean. The, the east side of the state, Lake St. Clair, that's that's considered smallmouth and like musky fishing, but that, yeah. that has nothing even close to the east side of the state. Like on the side I used to live on, it's it's fucking yeah. ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's the same thing here. So all the all the guys that are actually like hardcore uh sport fishermen between, you know, pike, tiger musky, largemouth, and smallmouth, like we all hate the way that this state is managed because it makes it so difficult. They they kill off everything that they catch or the people catch um they don't have any type of slot limits or anything like that so it's all typically like 14 to 16 inches like that range between lake to lake and above you can keep so i mean if some random person goes into a smaller body of water and catches a five pound smallmouth they're perfectly fine to keep it and they've been told to keep it so that's one of the main breeders in this smaller lake and that like puts a huge detriment on the fishery so that's why Colorado doesn't have that great of bass fishing. It's just, it's not great. That's fucking crazy. So yeah. kind of getting an overview, since, since you don't fish Colorado as much, what is like the season overview for, for fishing in Nebraska? Like when does the fishing kind of start? Like it's, it's, it's worth getting, getting out of bed to go fish in the mornings after winter. And when does it kind of peter down and what's, what's like the peak fishing season out there? So I kind of, I kind of do a mixture of both Colorado and Nebraska. I'll, I'll do a transition. So early spring, I'll fish Colorado because I have spots where smallmouth are growing to state record sizes. I've, I've seen state records. I found dead state record smallmouth in Colorado in specific bodies of water. And it's all just a matter of right time, right place. I'm about a pound off from the state record right now. Um, I think that I can break it as long as I'm, you know, like I said, a little bit of luck is involved with being in the right place at the right time. Um, I know a lot of the areas where these bigger smallmouth will hang out during pre-spawn, where they'll go and chase trout, and they'll also have um, isolated rock pilings to sit on after they do eat trout and to digest them and stuff like that. So I spend a lot of my spring at 
a few select locations just trying for that state record smallmouth. Um, the HUD has been just amazing for me with, with trying to find those bigger fish. I've gotten more bites on that than probably anything else. Um, but I, I spent a lot of time in the spring in Colorado just because I know Colorado a little better since I've been here my whole life. Um, but once, once they start to spawn, that's when I'll transition over to Nebraska. Because once they spawn, I mean, the, the bigger smallmouth, they're, they're, they're smart. They're not going to go spawn right on the bank. You're not seeing six, seven-pound smallmouth spawning two feet off the bank. They, they typically spawn in Colorado in like 15 to 25 feet of water. And majority of Colorado's uh, waters, you're not allowed to boat. Um, I mean, Colorado has ponds compared to other, other states. Our, our lakes are, are tiny. Um, and all of our bodies of water are typically either um, non-motorized, electric only, or there's no boating or no kayaking or no swimming or anything like that allowed. So it's basically impossible after they, they lock on their beds to, to find the bigger smallmouth. So I basically only hammer Colorado really in the pre-spawn. After that, then I transition over to uh, Nebraska, where there's all kinds of of ponds and uh, like one of the bigger lakes. I can just name drop because it's the most pressured lake in all of Nebraska. But McConaughey, everyone thinks of McConaughey as a walleye fishery, and people completely like ignore um, the the quality of largemouth and smallmouth in there. There are tanks in there, dude. Like. I've seen so many, so many largemouth and smallmouth between the like six to seven, six to seven pound range, which is a big for my area. Um, if you go down to Texas or something, yeah, that's not that that big of a fish. But for my area in the West, um, a six to seven pound fish is an absolute tank. Uh, I mean, if you catch anything over four pounds in our area, that's that's a pretty damn good fish. Um, so, so basically, right after pre-spawn is when I start taking my trips out to Nebraska. Um, and then once the shad start spawning in Nebraska, because Colorado basically has hardly any shad at all, it's all trout, perch, and craws. In Nebraska, majority of their fisheries all have shad and alewives. Um, hardly any trout in any of their lakes or ponds. Uh, there's a few here and there that have trout in them, but I have to switch all my baits over from trout early season to uh, shad profiles. Um, right after that. So I don't really fish during spawn anymore. I used to fish the hell out of spawn, but I kind of got out of it. I don't really have a direct answer as to why I don't. Um, I think mainly just because those bigger fish spawn deeper and I'm kind of a shore banger. So I don't really take the time. I feel like it's unproductive to fish during the spawn from the bank for trophy size fish. Um, just from my experience. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take a little bit of a break during the spawn and then that's when i start hammering uh, nebraska and then once those shads start spawning that's when things really kick off because then they get real aggressive on your shad glides and and stuff like that and that i hammer those basically all through all through the fall i mean from the time the shad spawn in nebraska all the way through the end of the season it just continues to get better and better and better and that's kind of how i fish what size HUD do you fish? Do you fish a 68 or do you fish an 8-inch? So I, I, I fish the 68, and that, that was actually one of my main talking points um, for how I fish for smallmouth that I was, I was thinking about is, I mean, I don't know about the smallmouth where you're from in the Midwest and stuff like that, but in Colorado and in Nebraska, these smallmouth love to just 
aggressively smack things rather than try to fully eat things. Oh, dude, yeah, 100%. Even, it's, I know they're out that in Virginia even too because Phil always talks about It's so annoying because you will get so many bites or smacks and not hook up with fish. All the, it happens all the time. They're, they're such aggressive beings. Um, so um, what I actually started fishing and having a lot more success over the HUD with was the newer, newish Savage Gear uh, RTFs because they had that built-in stinger hook. I have had, I don't get as many bites on the RTF, but the bites I do get, I always hook up on. I think I've maybe lost one fish on the Savage Gear RTF in total. Um, throwing the six inch or the eight inch. I, with my HUDs, I always throw the 68. Um, I actually did just, uh, what was it, yesterday, two days ago, I just bought um, a, a standard six inch with the smaller tail because I kind of liked the idea of that smaller tail with the faster action kind of look a little panicky to them and then i also did buy um some eight inch as well just to go for the bigger class with the eight inch i think that i will go ahead and throw a stinger on it um just because with the 68 alone i get so many smacks um without actually hooking up with them yeah dude um so i assume you're fishing jig hooking out the weedless ones oh yeah i've i've caught one uh <laughs> one weedless hudfish ever ever yeah. um yeah and i always throw top hooks hard. and that's what makes it hard being in the swim bait community with primarily targeting smallmouth and my location and the way my fish act i feel like majority of uh builders and and soft swim bait makers guys always go towards uh weedless baits and i'm like oh god dude i hate weedless baits so <laughs> i i because I, I don't get good hookups on them. I mean, I, I've only caught one weedless swim bait smallmouth before. Um, so what I started doing, because I kind of got sick of it, I was like, I'm seeing all these badass-looking baits, but they're all weedless. Like, I'm never going to hook up well on a smallmouth unless I just I have a, a pretty big-ass fish absolutely inhale it. And um, so what I did was I, I went to Sportsman's Warehouse. I don't know if you have those stores around you, um, but they, they sell these, these brass-weighted tubes. So I basically configured all a lot of my soft baits to line throughs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had uh, I don't know if you know who Unique Baits is. I don't know if you've seen yeah. them on oh, Instagram. Yeah. So I, I made a couple. I, I bought a bunch of his baits. The the Unique G two that trout bait is killer, dude. It swims so well. That that wedge tail is really nice on it. I love the the action it gets. But all of his baits are weedless. So I started making a lot of his baits into uh, line throughs and he reached out to me and he's like, dude, can you, can you kind of send me some pictures and videos and like, show me how you're doing this? Like it, it looks sick uh, because his baits were also getting more action with the way I was rigging them as a line through. You don't have a big old owner beast hook fixing majority of the front half of the yeah. body in place. So you get all kinds of extra huh. kind of head and, and, and middle body wag that you don't normally get with a, a weedless hook. Um, so, so that's what I've been doing is just making a lot of them into, to, uh, line throughs. Yeah. That's honestly like a stupid good idea. I, I've caught some smallmouth on a 68 HUD weed list and it was not fun. I mean, you're casting it in the same spot. You'll cast there eight or nine times. You'll be reeling it in and you, you'll feel, dun, 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 and then they just, it spits it out. Not even a fucking hook. And then you yeah. go swing on one next cast, nothing. And then you finally get lucky and. I had maybe a 15-inch smallmouth absolutely choke the bait. Like, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing was in its mouth. It was, uh, it was like, U-shaped in its mouth. The only thing that was sticking out was the tail a little bit. Yep. And 
I was like, if this was a jig hook, I would have hooked, I would have gone eight for eight that day, but I went one for eight because this was the only fish that legitimately tried to kill it. Everything else was kind of short striking it. No, that's exactly how it was with my one. I was throwing a perch. We'd, uh, we'd list 68. Same thing. I, I actually, um, I casted out a, that, that HUD and it was the weedless one, whatever. Um, there was guys coming by around this corner from me on the bank. I was fishing on the bank and they were coming on on paddle boards around the corner. And I was like, what the hell are they doing? Like this, like you're not allowed to be on paddle board. So I made a cast and then I just sat there watching. Them. I'm like, dude, these guys are going to get ripped a new ass by the, the local guy that, that, uh, the caretaker of the lake, like you're not allowed to do this. So I was just watching them paddle past me. And then I pick up my HUD and just start reeling it. And I had a fish on, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, and it was like the same thing. The HUD was completely U-shaped in the mouth. I just saw just the head and just the tail. Like, I don't even know how the, the fish was actually hooked. Yeah, and one thing, I mean, it sounds like you fish uh, a lot of soft baits for these smallmouth, and I've been fishing a lot of, a lot of glide baits. And I posted on Instagram, I've been, I had started putting head hooks on my baits. And uh, these guys, I mean, I'll read some of the comments, because these guys are... Just not necessarily tearing me a new one, but they're talking about how stupid that is. And I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, smallmouth, no. they smallmouth find a way not to get the hook. Like it's, I don't know what the fuck they do or how they do it, but they know where the hook is. Dude, like, yeah, same. The second I bought my two fifty, I immediately the night I got it, I put a I put a hook on the uh, on the uh, line tie. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's so worth it. like the baby paperweight. I. There was one day I missed like eight or nine fish in a matter of 20 minutes under a bridge and they just were not staying pinned. I wasn't using the best rod either, but I don't think that was really the issue. And then I go back down there with the head hook a couple days later, boom, three for three. I'm like, yeah, it was definitely the head hook. Like the head hook helps so much. And people are like, oh my gosh, three or three hooks on a bait. And I'm like, okay, you're fishing a vision 110 with three hooks. Like what the fuck is the difference? There's not. Yeah, exactly. You're talking a way bigger bait. Why not have three hooks on it? Dude, yeah, I can send you pictures of some of my huds that I've caught a, a ton of fish on. Dude, I've had the head completely basically like rip apart the amount of mend it I have on some of the heads of my huds where they didn't get hooked, didn't catch the fish, and they've just absolutely destroyed the head. So I, I was talking um, to an old uh, stick in Colorado that, that throws a lot of swim baits and has been throwing them for years. One of the guys that actually was sending me those pictures and got me into swim bait fishing. So he... he taught me something that i i kind of thought was bullshit a little bit until i realized it like after testing it and stuff like that it's, it's the truth so he was telling me that smallmouth a lot of times when they're trout eaters what they'll do is they'll go up and they'll just smack uh, or stun a trout in the head and they'll wait for them to fall down and then once they're on the bottom they'll go up and slurp them up so huh. a lot, this this older guy i was like uh he i feel like he's just telling me shit that's whatever regular old man fishing talk i didn't right. think anything of it and and i was fishing with him once and and he was showing me he's like he's like oh just got hit and then he completely killed it completely killed the bait let it drop to the bottom got a second hit and smoked him i was like you gotta be kidding me dude so i started doing that and it's it's actually helped me catch a lot more fish yeah it uh that's that's what i started doing too like like you i'll be popping it uh, i fish here i fish my glide super fast like crank 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 like super super erratic and once i either like fishing a bone bait in this like pretty clear water here you see that bait kind of get kicked onto its side and i, I let it sit 
and then I usually count to about three, and then I'll give it one hard crank, and they usually come up and fucking smack it if they don't get it the first time. It's, I don't know, I feel bad for people who, who don't have smallmouth or who have never gotten to experience river or inland lake smallmouth fishing. Like, it is so much fucking fun, dude. Oh, dude, it, it blows my mind. I, I look at all these pictures on all of the swim bait pages and stuff like that, I'm like, Man, either people don't have smallmouth or they just don't target them. Like I, I would choose smallmouth over largemouth any day of the week. I would take an eight pound smallmouth over a ten pound largemouth. To me, I just I love smallmouth. They fight so damn hard. They're so aggressive. And I'm I'm the same way as you when it comes to uh, fishing your glide baits erratically. So the first season is where I primarily only fished uh, smallmouth with with soft baits. But this last season is where I really started to pick up my my uh, glide bait game and i fish them so so erratic it's it's ridiculous so what i do is um like i will just heavily real chop super 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 hard i mean i i like to think of my glide baits as kind of like a big jerk bait i am oh, very yeah, exactly. very snappy with them side to side like i have yeah. it sucks because colorado is so pressured and has such little good bass fisheries that i can't post so much of my content that i've recorded on my gopro of of my my glide bait catches and stuff like that um but i i have so many videos where you can just see me on my on my super fast burner uh reels just chopping the reels like i'm snapping them so hard side to side and and the smallmouth just go to town on them i've only ever caught one smallmouth working a glide bait slowly i always work them very fast yeah that Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. Literally, a glide bait to me is a big jerk bait. That's exactly how I'm fishing it. <clears throat> yep, exactly. I mean, I think of so I think of glide baits as my reaction bait, and then I think of soft baits as my slower, methodical, natural bait. I I never work my my glide baits slow. I mean, I know a lot of guys that do, even guys in Colorado that do, and I just I've never really had success with doing that. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's it's between fishing them slow and fishing them a straight retrieve. I've never really done either of those things. Like yeah, those neither. are things I've never done with a glide bait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean I've had success doing what I'm doing with the really aggressive, snappy side to side, or um, you know I'll, I'll kind of do burn and pauses and then throw in a couple snaps here and there. And that style of of fishing glide baits has has worked well for me. So I mean I'm not gonna try to reinvent the wheel or try to fix something that's not broken you know i mean if it's working for me it's working might as well keep doing it i have i have tried a few times um you know some slower more methodical uh glides and stuff like that but i just i haven't done good with it i've caught one fish and it was very very recently it was like a couple weeks ago i caught my first uh small mouth on a glide on a bigger glide um working it slowly it just it, it's not done really that great for me in the past i've just i always do well with smallmouth with reaction style uh baits when it comes to big baits yeah for sure one thing i want to touch on um so you're got you guys have their wiper right they're not they're not striper it's a hybrid between a white bass and a striper is that right or i for i don't know we don't we don't have either of those and and this is something i've always wondered like i know the east coast has striper and i know the west coast has striper but like you inland states that are catching these fish like in like even in like tennessee and shit I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like people call them striper, people call them wiper. I'm like, I don't know what the hell the difference is. Yeah. So, so back years and years ago, like back in like the eighties, we used to have actually like a decent population of actual 
landlocked striper and a few bodies of water. Um, CPW, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, they stopped stocking those, um, and, and now they're just doing hybrids. Um, I think that they like that hybrids are uh, sterile creatures, so they can't really overpopulate. They're easy to control um, how many are in their lakes and stuff like that. So, yeah, we have, we have wiper in a lot of our lakes. Um, before this season, dude, I've never caught a wiper. Ever, not once. I've hooked in one. Um, I think it was two seasons ago. I hooked in one and lost it on a drop shot, actually. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, um, but other than that, I've never caught a wiper. I've always wanted to. People have always talked about how, like, pound for pound wiper, like the hardest uh, fighting freshwater fish. And I was like, man, that'd be sweet to catch one, but I have no idea how. Um, I don't know how to go about it. Um, and then this season, dude, I've just non-stop and hammer and wiper and i haven't even been targeting them i've been fishing for bass every time it's fucking that's crazy like yeah that I, video I, that i just posted so yeah the cast to catch one yeah that was crazy man so it's they don't get as big as a striper but they just get big and tall don't they it's kind of like what i see it as it kind of is like a sheep's head here i don't know if you guys have those they're just they're just, a, it's a giant fucking pie plate shape of a fish. Yeah, we don't have sheep's head here. Um, but yeah, so so striper will get a lot longer and kind of like a more slender profile. I mean, yes, they get fat as hell. But overall, like they get longer, narrower looking. Um, but wiper, they, they get to a certain length and they just start growing tall. They get super, super tall. So it's like it's like bluegill when you when you catch a ten inch bluegill and it's fucking five inches tall with a big yeah it's like forehead. if a bluegill it's like if a bluegill became like a thirteen pound fish <laughs> so, dude yeah that one I caught the other guys. day that was crazy it was insane because yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even fishing specifically for wipe or anything like that it was early morning I was throwing one of my glides I was actually tuning it I gave one of my glides to my buddy and I was like yeah well, you know what I, it was a last minute trip I didn't have baits ready so I was trying to hurry to get it ready for him I hadn't had it tuned yet. So as soon as we get down to the water, we start recording and I was like, well, let me tune it for you real quick. And I got it all on video and first cast with it just absolutely smoked like 10 feet from me um, right at the bank by a 13 pound wiper. That's my biggest fish on one of my baits so far. That's so fucking awesome. Uh, it's crazy, dude. So are those like, do guys go out and catch those fish, keep them and eat them? Or is that kind of like more of a sports, a sports fish more or less? It should be a sports fish. People in Colorado aren't very um, educated when it comes to catch and release <laughs> and selective harvest. So in Colorado and in Nebraska, I mean, people keep just about damn near everything they catch unless they're I mean, someone like you or me where we're actually into trophy sport fishing, catch and release and stuff like that. Um, they, they are supposed to be, in my opinion, they should be all catch and release um, because they are sterile fish. One, their lifespan's not crazy, crazy long. And two, they obviously can't reproduce. So the ones that are in there should stay in there to get big. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know anyone personally that keeps them. I've seen pictures of guys um, on the internet and stuff like that keep them. Um, but overall, they, they, they should be released. And everyone I know that catches them does release them. Are they super like delicate? I know striper, like if you put them on boga grips, if you put a striper like that for two or three minutes, that fish is fucking dead. Are they delicate like that? Or since they're kind of a hybrid, are they more hardy? 
like oh a, they're hardy like, dude relative yeah that's what they're I super hardy dude that fish i could have literally kicked up onto the bank for five minutes and then gone back to fishing and threw it back in the water and he would have been fine those fish are so freaking angry and fired up i don't know what it is about those hybrids but um yeah dude they're they're tough they fight really really hard and they're, they're strong fish that's fucking crazy. Another thing I want to touch on is you were talking about the pike fishing. So in early spring, ice out, when, when does your guys' pike season actually open? And are you allowed to, so here you're allowed to target fish. Well, I guess you can't really even do that. Like when we go pike fishing and it's not really open yet, we just say we're smallmouth fishing. And they, I mean, you can't really say anything. So is your guys' season set up like that? Or can you guys go out and catch and release them? No, so we don't have anything like that at all. You don't have specific seasons for fish. Like you can fish oh, for really? any type of species at any given point in the year. So guys will guys will ice fish for them all all season long. Um, guys will fish for them early in the spring. Most people don't really fish for them midsummer just because they're not really a warm water fish and they become kind of dormant in the middle of the day. Uh, in the summertime and they'll just sit in weeds along weed lines and stuff like that. Um, they become very lazy in the summertime. I typically don't ever target them in the summer. Um, the best time for them is in the fall, kind of before ice on and right at ice off. So right at ice off before they spawn is, I mean, sometimes they'll even spawn still under the ice if we have a late ice season. Um, oh my gosh. But right at ice off is, is typically um, one of the best times to fish for them. That or fall. Yeah, we have a spot up at home and we'll we'll be ice fishing and we'll be like it'll be March around March and it's a little creek creek uh creek channel off the river and we'll go and ice fish crappie in the morning and this is at the point in time where you're like, I'm so fucking done with ice fishing. So we'll be like, Oh man, we should go we should go to the pike spot and we can go out there and we'll catch pike and we'll post pictures and people will lose their shit. They're like, Oh my gosh, how are you catching open water fish already? And mm -hmm. I don't know. It's 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 so weird fish behavior and like fish uh spawning seasons and that sort of stuff fish information is all public and yet there's still people that that are like how, how I have are no you, idea how yeah like what what are you doing and it's like it's really not that hard guys like you can google it <laughs> and you can realize like oh pike are super active in cold water like i could go onto any river or creek that has pike and or any discharge or anything and i could go probably catch a pike like it's it's not rocket science guys right yeah no no i'm i'm the same way right there with you yeah the only time i really i love pike fishing a lot um it's just not very easy in colorado anymore because pike is the number one sport fish that the colorado parks and wildlife are trying to get rid of everyone is now been told that they have you know they're scary they're big they've got big old teeth they kill and eat everything is what they say um even though Honestly, pike are, are amazing for most of our fisheries. I mean, if you look at some of the best fisheries in the entire world, they've always got a, a apex predator like a pike or a muskie or something like that that eats smaller class of fish. That way you don't have overpopulations and, and stunting sizes and stuff like that. Um, it, it's, it's good to have those bigger class of fish that will you know keep it from getting overpopulated and, and just run with small small fish not to mention they're just fun as hell to catch when they get giant like that yeah dude when like when it's cold out and you hook into a big pike it's so much fucking fun especially on a swim bait like uh tk tk fishing here in the river like when you're dead twitching it 
and you're giving it like just those baby pops you're giving it like a pop pop and then all of a sudden you get like halfway through your pop and your rod just fucking doubles over it's like oh shit like it's about to go down it is so much fun yeah dude that just happened to me last season i just caught my pb pike while i was actually bass fishing with um the seven inch dock rat shad i feel like dock rat is one of the most underrated blimp bait brands out there the guy's been building baits forever and his glides are so nasty dude like i've caught so many my very first ever glide bait fish was on an eight inch dock rat trout i have a couple of those now a couple of the seven inch shads i i go to town on throwing those seven inch dock rat shads in in nebraska and that's where my pb pike came from was at mcconaughey um on that and it was yeah dude just absolutely inhaled it yeah that's oh my gosh it's so much fun it's like i didn't really enjoy pike until this spring and then i caught yeah. a bunch and i'm like this is so much fucking fun like they fight so hard the only shitty thing is they do have teeth and when they get up to shore it's kind of like oh fuck like i really wish i didn't hook this one like if it's a big one it's worth it but if it's like a 20 incher and they're just a snake and they're just fucking flopping around it's like oh my gosh this is yeah i'll just so try to ass. shake them off if they're like 20 inches <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. uh shit so oh one thing i wanted to talk about is so you have a picture of a small mouth that had a ghost in its mouth so that i did, did you did you start fishing the ghost like this this fall or not fall this spring and did you catch more fish on it or was that just kind of like uh, like a so i've caught i've caught i've caught two or three fish on it now and so this season like overall in in colorado for me this pre-spawn was it wasn't good dude it was it was pretty bad um i was getting a lot of a lot of hits and i was just not connecting with a lot of fish um, I was throwing the HUD a lot this spring and I just, I don't know why I just, I, I kept losing fish. They would either just come unpinned or they would just, I mean, smack and miss them completely. I don't know what exactly was going on in the beginning of the season, but I didn't do very good. Um, until I started, I started dabbling a lot more in night fishing. I've never really night fished with swim baits until this season. And I was throwing kind of the standard things that I was comfortable with, you know, mag drafts, huddlestons, stuff like that. Um, and I wasn't getting bit. And then I decided to tie on the DRT Joker at night. And I started smashing them on it, dude. I was like, wow, like, I, I don't know what this is here, but like, there's, there's something. I'm, I'm getting bites, more bites right now than I have in the last three hours of night fishing. Like, what is this? So I've learned that in my area this season, like the smallmouth gets so irritated with any type of disturbance on the surface that they're just smacking it. They don't care how big it is. They don't care really what it is or what it looks like. It's got a white belly, black belly, anything like that. Like just the at nighttime, the the water disturbance on the surface just like sends them over and they absolutely smash it. I I just got a. Uh, a crappie joker at the i believe at the beginning of this season um from brian chapman and i had caught probably 60 fish on it this season all um all at night on, on this bait and then i was like damn well okay the joker is smashing it like let's let's try to up this and see what we can do with the ghost because i i gotta go dude i didn't even buy my ghost have i told you about how i got that no so <laughs> Um, so I'm in real estate and I was getting ready to walk into a closing and 
I had saw that there was, I'm following a couple of the Instagram uh, raffle pages yep. for swim baits. And I was like, oh, two spots left for a ghost. I was like, that'd be kind of dope. I'm, I don't have good luck at all, but I'll just go for it. I was like, 20 <laughs> bucks a spot. <laughs> okay, cool. So I bought the last two spots for 40 bucks. I walk into my closing, I come back out. And then I get a notification that um, the, the, that raffle page is on live. So I click on the, on the live and I just see he's pulled up on my profile. I'm like, no fucking way. Dude. <laughs> That's fucking sick. Yeah. So I want to ghost for 40 bucks and I was like, damn, this is a sick rod. But like, this is a big bait for my area. Where the hell am I going to throw this? I started throwing it at night. I was throwing it um, after I was catching so many fish on the Joker. I was like, dude, I'm going to start throwing the ghost. I'm going to see if I can kind of work it on the surface uh similar to the ghost i mean you know it's a completely different bait i'm not going to work it with a lip in or anything like that but i want right. to see if i can get a fish to hit the ghost like it's such a big bait like that would be insane i mean i don't know how long it is with tail and all i think it's like 13 inches or somewhere around there yep. yeah somewhere around there and um and i was like dude let's let's just try it it was like my third cast of the night with the ghost dude i was just creeping it along the surface and every once in a while i would just give it a little twitch just so the joints kind of kicked and like splashed up a little bit of water. And I got absolutely smashed. I was like, oh, dude, this, if a fish is hitting the goat, a small one that's hitting the ghost, like it's got to be a tank. It wasn't, dude. It was like a 15 inch <laughs> fish. Like, if that, like 15 inches is being generous. Like, I think it was the size of my ghost. And then I caught, I think I caught like two more that night on it um, afterwards. But yeah, I really think it doesn't have anything to do with the ghost itself or the way I was working it personally with my situation i think it just had to do with me throwing a bait in the area where smallmouth were and um under the right conditions just having them irritated about something moving on the surface yeah for sure if you can piss off a smallmouth there's a good opportunity that it's gonna bite and you're gonna hook it at least hook it unless you're fishing a weedless hud then then there's no shot but <laughs> most exactly. of the time you're pretty lucky <laughs> So, Dude, yeah, and smallmouth are so damn aggressive. I mean, they they're so ballsy. They don't they don't care if something's half their size, their same size. Like they will they will smack things. Yeah, it's I don't know. I always I feel like really bad for people who who don't have them or who who overlook them for like lake largemouth and stuff because it's it's such a sick ass fish and they don't give a shit. They'll, they'll eat anything. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just relative to if they're going to get hooks or not. It's really the main thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know gauge, you're, you've been working on your own bait for the past couple months, right? Yeah. It's been, I think six and a half months now I've been working on my own bait. So what kind of pushed you towards this? Were you like, Oh, these guys make glide baits, which is cool. But why? Why can't I make my own? Make it exactly how I want to. Make it swim like I want to. What's stopping me from doing that? Or were you just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I might as well do it one day? Or was it just were you stuck inside one winter day and you're like, I might as well start carving something? <laughs> so I think we all know that um, the swim bait community is is growing at a pretty rapid rate. It's becoming very popular to throw swim baits. A lot of big manufacturers are throwing some baits and stuff like that now. So Colorado, the bass fishing community here, is hopping on the same train. Um, a lot of guys are throwing swim baits now. I've seen a lot of guys start throwing swim baits in the last season or two. Um, throwing swim baits than I've ever seen before. I've never. I, I would fish some of my spots, and everyone was throwing standard conventional gear. 
than you know the beginning of this last season. I'm standing around seven other guys that are throwing huds and stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell, dude? I was like, what is this? Um, so it, it's it's growing pretty quickly and in Colorado. So I was like, dude, I want to throw something that like no one else has and no one else can get. Boom! I'm making my own glide bait. That way, I know for a fact none of these guys can can get this, and I'm throwing something completely unique. So I initially started building this glide bait just for myself. And and one, I thought it would be really cool to catch a fish on my own bait. I've always just kind of thought about that in the back of my mind uh, throughout the years. But I was like, dude, it'd be also really nice to just have a bait that no one else has. I can make it swim exactly how I want, um, paint it exactly how I want, make sure that you know it's just different. That way, my baits are standing out from the rest. So if I'm in an instance in the future where, you know, I am standing next to seven other dudes throwing swim baits again. I've got something different that the smallmouth haven't seen before. So that's why I started building it. Um, and let me tell you, dude, once I got into swim bait building, like I have a entirely different level of appreciation for, for guys that build baits. The, the average person does not fully understand even close to like what goes into bait building. Like, and making an actual good build at that. Anyone can slap together, you know, a, a jointed piece of wood with some weight and eyes on it. Um, but making like an actual good glide, there are so many meticulous little factors that go into it that I've been learning over the last six and a half months. But I've been on my Instagram page, I've been posting highlights and tagging them to my to my page of the entire process from like the very first drawing of what I wanted to create. And then like the progress and all the way until where I'm at now. Um, and I've had so much interest from people um, in my glide and people automatically think when you're building a glide, you're going to sell it. So I've gotten to the point now where I, I mean, I'm having like three to five people a day ask me about, about buying one. I was like, well, damn, I mean, I never really thought about ever selling them or anything like that. I really was just building them for myself. That way I could, one, catch fish on something I built, and two, just have something different than the rest. And, you know, just kind of have a bait that's exactly what I want rather than spending thousands of dollars and trying to get it from what someone else is building. Um, and I'm like, wow, well, I mean, there's this many people that are interested. Like, it's a stupid amount of people blowing up my inbox. I was like, well, you know, I I might dabble in trying to, to sell them and stuff like that. So I, I'm considering I'm going to be doing some drops here soon. Um, there's a couple little kinks I want to work out before I do just cause I'm an overly meticulous person. So <laughs> if I'm going to sell something to someone, I want it to, to look, um, and, and swim exactly how I would want a bait to swim, how I would want to fish it. So people have been getting a little bit irritated and on my ass a little bit. Like, when are you going to drop bait? When are you going to drop a bait? And I'm like, hold on, dude. Like, let me, let me work it out first. I mean, I've been, I've been testing the shit out of them. I've cut some pretty good ass fish on them so far. Um, but I just want to make sure everything's completely dialed exactly how I want before I release them in other people's hands. Yeah. Two things. Um, I've never seen two swim videos and I've never seen a guy catch a fish and I've never seen a fish come up and smack a bait. Like the one you posted like last month. Yeah. And dude, I, I those think, are my two. Badass. Those were my two back to back, like no bullshit. There was no editing involved. Like, my first two, my first two times um, filming me throwing the baits to post to the public, I got smashed. <laughs> first cast, dude. It was so sick. I mean, yeah, in the yeah, first test awesome. video, I talked for like five minutes. There's no staging that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. 
Yeah, then, dude, it, um, it was sick. The other thing is, I think that's what a lot of guys do is they start building baits for themselves. Like Kyle from Throwback will tell you, he started building baits because he's like, I'm not paying $150 for a, a TK. Like, why don't I just make my own? And Victor Depe from Fish Everything will tell you the same thing. He built those baits so he could catch fish at his his area. Like, guys start to make baits for themselves and then not necessarily get peer pressured, but they they get they get pushed. Like, oh, why don't you sell these baits? Like, dude, I'll buy one. I'll buy one. And so, yeah. like, okay, like, I'll, I'll, I'll make some and you can fish them. And then word gets out that, oh, my gosh, Gage is selling his baits. Like, I want one. Like, have you seen those two swim videos? Have you, those fish coming up and eating it? Like, like oh shit yeah. and then it just I, it just it goes uphill not, not uphill downhill but not necessarily in a bad thing it just it just spirals and it just it's crazy exactly and it's a podcast and it's hard to it's hard to kind of like continue to deny willing to sell to people stuff like that when you have like dude when i posted that first swim video where i got bit on my first cast just trying to demonstrate just showing people what, what my swim was like on the glide and that wasn't like a sales promo or anything like that. Like I was just showing people how the glide was swimming on the bait I built. And I had like 30 friend requests that day of people messaging me. Hey, can I buy one? Hey, can I buy three of them? Hey, can I get some? When are you going to drop them? Like stuff like that. I was like, damn, dude. Like it's hard to say no to that when people are reaching out to you so much about something that you're building. Yeah, exactly. Like it's almost like you're doing a disjustice if you're not selling it at that point in time. Exactly. And I mean, I'm so caught up with work in Colorado, I, I run two real estate businesses here. I don't have a ton of time to travel and stuff like that. So I think it would be so sick to kind of see, you know, like, well, put my, put my work basically to the test and see like, well, how do my baits do in Texas? How do my baits do in Florida? Uh, I mean, anywhere along the East coast, that'd be sick to see someone stick a DD in California on one of my baits or something like that. Like it, it'd just be kind of cool to, to kind of see how people do on your baits and around the whole country, basically. Yeah, it's fuck. It's so awesome. So, what baits? What bait have you made right now? It's called the Smalley Stalker, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's my so, eight inch glide. Okay, eight inch. Okay, and then what? What's the spec on that as far as weight? And if you want, what do you kind of have? What do you have like in your ideas for the future? And then what do you have a name like picked out that you want to do? Or are you just gonna sell it under? under I your, don't, your dude. Name? I've been actually. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I'm. I don't know. I'm not crazy creative when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I, I don't really have a name or, or branding idea really picked out yet. Um, I will hear soon. I've been thinking about it basically daily. Um, but the 8-inch Smalley Stalker is the first one I'm going to release. So I have that one fully designed. That one is basically ready to go. I, I'm going to make like two more tiny tweaks to it. Um, but every, the swim is exactly how I want. Everything is good on that bait. Um, it's eight inches. It's roughly about four and a half ounces, four and a half to like 4.5 to 4.6, depending on the sink rate um, on that one. And then I'm also designing right now a, a six inch trout par, which I sent you a few pictures of the six yeah. inch looks sick. I, I love the look of that bait. Like I just, I look at the size and the profile and stuff like that. And I'm like, I could absolutely destroy smallmouth on this. Like they'd murder themselves on this. I'm still working out um, the swim on that one. That's my one of my newer ones. Um, and then I'm also designing a a gill wake bait specifically for Nebraska. We don't have a lot of uh, of bluegill eaters in Colorado, uh, but Nebraska there's a ton. They eat shad and bluegill, and that's about it in Nebraska. 
So I'm making, I have a specific body of water that I was actually designing this, this bluegill wake bait for. Um, there's, there's like one hour at this lake, um, right before the sun rises. And it's just like absolute chaos on the surface of the water for this one full hour. Like it's just like someone flips a light switch and, and there's just bass just absolutely destroying bluegill all over the surface. So I was like, dude, I need to make a gill wake for this lake. Like, let alone like I don't I don't have a ton of wakes. That's the one department I'm really lacking in. But the wake baits that I do have, I go and throw there and I absolutely destroy it. I'm like, if I want to catch fish on my own baits, like that's a killer place to do it. So I designed this this whole gill wake bait just for this one fishery. And I was posting updates and stuff like that on on my Instagram page of just my carvings and stuff like that. And, and people were loving the way it looked. So I'll probably be releasing that one next um, after the six inches is fully complete. I mean, the, the six inches designed exactly how I want. I'm just tweaking the swim of it still. So first drop will be the eight inch. Second will be the six inch. And then my last um, that I'm still working on will be the uh, gill wake. Damn, that's fucking sick, dude. <clears throat> it's crazy, dude, because I never planned on doing like any of this. I didn't plan on designing a, a ton of different baits or anything like that. I really just was like... I'd love to make a cool trout glide for myself. And then it turned into this. Yeah. Do, do you have any experience painting or is this, is it just literally you're just along for the ride on the whole process? Dude, I literally knew nothing about any of this. Like I am the like least artistic person or creative person on the planet. I, I don't have an artistic bone in my body, uh, but with the help of stencils and stuff like that, and a shit ton of YouTube videos. I've been kind of just learning as I go. That's the one thing I'm kind of not really happy with as of right now is my painting skills. That's something I would like to work on a little bit before releasing baits. Um, I mean, that's just my own nitpicking though. I, I mean, I've seen so many instances where the color of a bait um, doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, it really catches the fishermen a lot more than the actual fish themselves at times as long as it looks generally like something they're eating they'll eat it so i'm kind of on the fence about my painting skills and how necessary they are yeah it uh fuck i don't know man i've talked to a lot of guys and i know a lot of guys cannot turn down a bone bait like you can fish a bone which is what i like to do or you can get it sent off and you can have whoever the hell you want to paint it like I mean, it's not necessary that you have to get it painted, but it is a nice add-on if you buy a bait that's already painted, I guess. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've kind of gotten about 50-50 with people inquiring about wanting to buy baits that were pre-painted and people wanting uh, blanks so they can get them painted to the exact forage of where they're fishing and stuff like that, which I understand both sides completely. Um, but yeah, the, the, the bone totally works, dude. I remember um, I, was out, I was out at that Nebraska lake that I was just telling you about with the wake bait bite. Um, I, I had given one of my buddies, one of my baits, he, he really wanted one and I didn't have time to finish it. I was just slammed with work. I was like, well, the, the baits like finished, like it's fishable. It's just not painted. I was like, I can slap some eyes and a tail on it if you want to fish it. And he was smashing them on it. Just straight bone, dude. So fucking sweet. Yeah. Bone is, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the fish just get pissed off at it or what. just so bright and annoying or something, yeah, man. Just, but yeah, he was smashing large mouth on it that night. Yeah, so I'd say bone just fucking glows in the water. And even when it turns yellow after like a year, it still fucking glows. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah, people buy baits that are specifically that off-white anyway. So, I mean, it'll work either way. Yeah, exactly. So, 
I guess another question is how did you learn how to how to mold it and do all the resin and stuff? Is that something you just kind of YouTubed or did you Yeah, literally everything groups? was YouTube, man. I <laughs> there was so much trial and error with this. And I've been spending a it's not like I've just kind of like dabbled in the bait building here and there over the last six and a half months like is like consumed my life it's been ridiculous like i am up i've pulled multiple all-nighters working on baits and painting baits and stuff like that i i almost always stay up until like midnight to three in the morning working on baits most days of the week it's it's been crazy i've been watching a ton of youtube videos so if anyone that wants to like get into bait building i would say i mean everyone knows marling baits on youtube but another really, really good builder um, that's intricate and shows you how to get things done right is Solar Baits. He's not from America. He's from somewhere in Europe. I don't know if he's like Scandinavian or what. But I've watched basically Solar and and Marling, and that's kind of how I got the ideas. And then I kind of just did a lot of trial and error. I learned everything it feels like the hard way. <laughs> I had a lot of mess ups. I've I've remolded my my eight inch glide like three or four times now. Um, I've burned through gallons of resin trying to just pour a ton of baits, dial in the weighting system. A glide out of all swim baits is the hardest one to make, and that's what I went oh, off yeah, of right sure. off the bat, right off the bat. Because with with crankdowns and wakes and and stuff like that, um, the amount of weight matters for your level of buoyancy and stuff like that. Um, the placement generally does as well, but it's so much finickier and more meticulous on a glide bait because getting the amount of weight right to sink at the right rate is only half of it. The actual placement of the weight on the bait is so much more important. Like I've spent, I've spent so many nights with my digital caliper exactly just measuring out and putting weight perfectly in different places. And I've I've gone through like sixty different baits that I've poured, oh just trying gosh. to get the swim down uh, exactly how I want, and it's been tough. But I mean, I finally got the swim where I want it. It's it's looking sick. It good enough to catch fish, I guess. So I mean, <laughs> I've, I've caught, I've caught you, a bunch of fish on it now. How long did it take you to figure out your micro balloon uh, recipe? So that's actually pretty easy. Um, it, it, it's pretty standard. Most guys do a level of about uh, 10% micro balloons to your, to your uh, part A and part B of your resin ratios. Um, I did actually just talk with, I, I FaceTimed with um, a more well-known builder last night. And he was telling me that he actually goes lower on micro balloons than, than normal. Because um, everyone that I've talked to is, since the beginning of me in the building process has said, 10 to 11% is typically where you want to be. But I've, I've been realizing, like, man, my, my bait's already a little bit on the thicker side. I mean, it's not as thick as, like, a 250 or a Sly Guy or anything like that, but it's a thicker bait. Um, it's, it's no, like, fish everything bait or anything like that by any means. It's, it's, it's definitely thicker than those. Um, and I was like, man, it's already a little bit on the thicker side. I was like, I wonder how I can just kind of deduct some weight from the bait a little bit. Because, if you know, if guys are throwing, like, a Dobbins 795 or something like that, and that's that's their main swim bait rod, and they want to throw one to five ounces. But realistically, you don't want to throw at five ounces on a Dobbin seven nine five, or at least I don't. I would like to stay around the four range. I'm I'm trying to cut down on weight and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to try on my next batch of baits, lowering it down to about six percent um, of the total weight of resin, um, and just kind of see from there because because resin itself naturally sinks. It sinks like a rock, and then 
for people that don't know, you know, you add the micro balloons, they're little microscopic glass spheres with air in them. So it makes things buoyant. Um, and then you kind of just add weight to change things up to exact sync rates that you want from there. And um, so if I'm adding a ton of weight into my glides right now, I, I think lowering the micro balloon so it's naturally a little less buoyant. Um, I'm going to give that a shot and see see how I like it. I mean, worst case scenario, I keep them how they are now. Four and a half ounces is not that terrible um, compared to a lot of the other glides I throw. Um, but yeah, right now I'm at about 10% micro balloons and it wasn't, it wasn't that hard to figure out that portion of it at all. The biggest, the hardest part of the entire build really was just figuring out the amount of weight and where the placement of it is in the glide. The actual like design of the bait has been done within the first two or three months. The rest of this entire time, I wouldn't even say three, I would say like two months I designed the bait fully. Um, the rest of the time I've just been testing different weight placements and weight amounts. It's been very, very not fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, that I, I cannot build the bait. I'm not exact enough for that. Like I'm like, oh, it's like so I did construction and you have to be precise, but there's a level of precise where you're like, okay, I can cut it a little bit short and a screw is gonna suck it up tight. And that's exactly like I'd fuck up and I'd put a weight in the wrong spot. And then I'm also the type of person that not necessarily gets pissed off easy, but once I do something a couple times and it's still not working, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Like I'll, I just need to take a break and then I just never come back to it. Oh, and that's dude, exactly I've had, what happened to me. I've had my fair share of those moments. It's been, it's been very frustrating. The, the whole building process has been a lot less fun than actual fun <laughs> for sure. Um, but once, I'll never forget when I caught my first fish on one of my own baits. It was one of my eight inch smallie stalkers that I painted in a trout pattern. And I had a small, just absolutely annihilate it. And dude, like I took a second to set the hook. I was like, holy shit, I just actually got bit on it. And then I set the hook. I ended up catching the fish and stuff like that. And dude, just like that level of excitement I had of catching a fish on something that I just designed off of like a, a, a pen and a piece of paper. I was like, holy shit, dude, that, that's so exciting to me. It's, it's, it's crazy. So that's why I stick it through, even though it's really, really frustrating at times. I mean, and it's it's not cheap either. You have so many different trials and errors, you know, you from every little thing of, you know, well, does this resin work or how consistent is it? Or, you know, will this material of tails work? There's no like perfect guide on the internet to how to build a swim bait. So you it, a lot of it's just trial and error, you know, okay, well, this type of urethane rubber work good for tails? Nope, this one, well, okay, let's try the next three. Let's see if that one works. Clear coating. Clear coats are the most annoying thing on the planet to try to figure out. <laughs> I've spent so much money trying to find a good clear coat, and I finally found one that, that works good for me. And it's it's been a process. You basically have to fail, I would say, three to five times at something before you get it right at a minimum every single step of the uh of the build process so far and it's meticulous with glides man i mean i like like you were saying where you kind of just like have a little bit of room for error i thought that way in the beginning too and i i would move one of my my hook hangers like a centimeter forward or backward and it would throw the swim off and i was like oh my god this is this is crazy meticulous man but once you get everything dialed it it becomes a lot easier to replicate that's for sure it's just kind of the learning curve in the beginning that's very difficult and frustrating. It uh, 
there, there's something to be said for anybody who has never taken the chance to to kind of take an idea from paper, take a brainchild, and stick with it for a couple months, and and watching it grow, like day one, it's whatever, and then you fast forward six months later, and you're like, holy shit, like you have, we'll say twenty guys who who are banging in your DMs asking you for baits already, and it's like if I would have never sat down and started dicking around that day, like. I'd be six months behind, like if I tried to start doing it today. And that's exactly like, I don't know, dude, it, there's something to be said about trying something and sticking with it. Like the podcast, this thing has grown so fucking much. It's so crazy. And saying that, I mean, you obviously know what that's like with the bait. Like I just said, like guys are hitting you up asking for this bait. Like there's so many guys who message me randomly and say, oh my gosh, I love the show. Like my phone is constantly blowing up all the time with people people following me people commenting on my stuff people uh like and post dming me posting on the story and everything and it's i i don't know there's it's, a, it's a super rewarding it. feeling that's for sure exactly. i mean it makes it gives you like a a level of, of humbleness but also like appreciation and like you're glad that you, you did it you know you're glad that you did it and then it also gives you like a level of of fuel to keep going with it you're like man this is awesome like dude I was just cleaning out my garage the other day and I found the very first uh, one of my glide baits that I ever finished, like from start to finish. And I was like, holy shit, dude, like this thing looks terrible, but that's rad that I found this. I mean, compared to where I'm at now with it, I'm like, man, this thing swam like dog shit. Like I was so disappointed in it. But now looking at my baits, I'm like, wow, dude, I've actually come pretty far with it over the last six and a half months. Like that's, that's really cool to look back at. Yeah. It, uh, there's something to be said about just taking the bull by the horns and, and trying whatever you want to do. Like it's just time. Uh, if you don't like it in six months, you don't like it in six months. You can always do something else. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like we've talked about everything we kind of brought up. Is there any stories or anything or anything you want to talk about? Um, or any questions for me or anything? I know people, we end the podcast You're like, oh man, I wanted to ask you something. And I, I, I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to think right <laughs> now. I feel like we've talked so much about so many different things. Um, I mean, I think we really covered most of it. Yeah, I will say. So there's a couple guys. It's you, Ben, and Dominic. You guys have have taken the stigma necessary. Okay, necessarily the stigma that I have, like that the West is, like you said, it's a trout place. And that's what I'd always thought. We went to uh, to Big Sky, Montana a couple of years ago. And I'm like, why the fuck would anybody live out here and try to bass fish? Like, it's all trout stuff. And relative, that's like in Montana, which is probably a little bit different. But I was yeah. like, I on the way out there, like I did not see anything that screamed like swim bait bass fishing out here. And Dude, it, to, it's tough. To, yeah, I was about to say, to hear you guys and to hear you say like it's growing out there, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's also like shit. Like now it's going to be, now it's going to become like the mainstream thing. Like it is throughout everywhere. Like, it, like Jason Carroll said, it's, it's like the cool thing to do now, which isn't a bad thing, but it's also, it also takes away from like the notoriety of having a really uh, niche group of guys who do it when, when you go out there and, and everybody's doing it now, everybody's fishing up, uh, like a baby or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah no dude it's the same thing that's the whole reason why i even started building my baits like i said dude like everyone's getting into it now it's just like once the bigger name brands and all the biggest youtubers started throwing everyone and their brother wants to get into it so you got to kind of do a little something to set yourself apart from the rest and 
honestly, dude, the biggest one thing I will say about this bait building, and I'm not like I'm not trash talking anyone or anything like that, but I'm sure most people that are pretty in depth in the swim bait community can see it. There's so many people trying to become the next and newest swim bait builder. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of new builders coming out, and I've been I've been looking into their stuff, and a lot of these guys are are slapping together like the same standard shad style brush tail bait, and with they they'll do a very simple carving. They won't put in the time and effort to do the R and D and make sure it swims good and stuff like that. And then they'll go slap a hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty dollar price tag on their baits, and I'm like, oh god, I don't know if I want to release any baits to people because i don't want to be thrown into like that group of people like i don't want people to think i just kind of slapped some shit together and wanted to just start selling it and stuff like that like i've spent hundreds of hours on on designing these baits just for myself not even not even for the public um i just didn't want to be grouped with with the 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 standard set of new swim bait guys that want to slap together a bait and have it swim like dog shit the swim is the most important thing to me i could care less about the paint job really as long as it's stable and swims good i mean I've, I've looked at like i said before about uh, me being kind of a snob on the stability of a bait uh, i think probably my favorite glides in general that i i wanted my glides to be as stable as was like i think hands down of all my glides my most stable bait is my seven inch bgc shad that bait is so sick dude yeah. Uh, do you have any of those or no? No. So, like I said, I I've really like when I say I to, to like toned down on buying shit. Like I do not buy much of anything anymore. Like uh, I bought some TKs this spring. I bought a K nine. Yeah. And honestly, that's like honest. That's like literally everything I bought in the last year. I I I just bought a bait and it was very expensive bait. But it's it's for the podcast and it's it's for a future giveaway and it's gonna be badass. And as much as I want to have it for myself, I'm like I'm just gonna buy it for the podcast. Like I don't need it because I have other shit. I'll fish over it for sure. Yeah. So like the I was looking at like the swim of like the the seven inch BGC shad and like my hoog, my dock rats. Those three those three brands of baits right there, dude. They're so stable. And I'm like I need my baits to be that stable. Like. I don't want to fish a bait that's not that stable after owning baits like that. Cause then I'm not going to fish my own baits over those. If they're more stable than mine, I want to be able to do everything that I can with those in my own. And then I see other builders and stuff like that. These new guys that are coming out and there's posting swim videos of their baits rolling and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh no, like <laughs> I can't be having myself look like that. I, like, I need to make sure this swim is dialed exactly how I want before I release them. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember who I was talking to, but on one of the episodes a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about there was a guy who posted a video and uh, he's going through all the different swims and like one of the swims, he gives it a real, like a hard real twitch. And uh, like the bait does something really fucking weird. It's in a pool. I and, saw it. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's recording. It's like, did it That's just kind of what I was thinking roll? of as I was saying it. <laughs> and somebody's like, why did it do that? He's like, oh, because it was fishing a snap. And they're like, why would you post this? And why are you fishing it with a snap if it swims like shit? Like, that does not make any sense. Yeah, dude. And there's so many guys doing that kind of stuff. More so on Instagram than on the Facebook pages. But I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing, dude? Like, no, I can't be a part. I don't want anyone labeling me to be a part of this group of guys. (laughs) 
So that's yeah, why I'll, I'll make sure that my shit is summoned exactly how I want before I sell any. There is a lot of up, upcoming builders on Instagram. And like, yeah. I'll, get a random, I'll get a random like follow at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I look at my phone and it's like XYZ bait. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I and know, I dude. They only have like 20 followers and they have like 10 posts. And it's yeah. pictures of their baits. And like some of them don't look bad. And some of them are working so, progress like <laughs> and that's why and that's why i don't i don't want to have to try to compete because i like i said i initially never tried to make this a business or anything like that i'm already a businessman on the real estate side of things and that's where i focus most of my efforts when it comes to that kind of stuff um but with the amount of interest and stuff like that i got i think what i'm gonna do i've already given out a couple baits to just a couple close friends that live around me they've been fishing them they've caught fish on them they like them i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna make a a, um, a batch of like 10 baits I'm going to intentionally release them to different parts of the country. I want to see how guys do with them. I want to get some feedback and stuff like that. If guys love them, great. I'll move forward from there. If guys are like, eh, I would work on this. I would work on this. I don't really care for this. Then I probably won't. And I'll just kind of, you know, fish them for myself. I don't really think I will have negative feedback based off of everything I've seen so far. But that's kind of how I think I'm going to start it at least is just do a small batch and then let them test them for like a month or two and kind of get some feedback. See, see how it's working for other people in other parts of the country. Yeah, exactly. If you can, if there's guys catching fish in like every region with your stuff, like there's, there's no arguing that your bait is obviously something that is effective everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. And I care about my reputation and name and stuff like that too much to just slap something together and then just start pumping them out in mass quantities and being like, uh, eh, it's either shit or it's not. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. like I just, I don't know. I just like I want, I want my baits to to swim exactly how I would want for other people as well as myself. So that's why I've been taking longer with getting them out to people and stuff like that. But I think it's worth it. You know, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to rush anything, and I want everything to just be swimming exactly how I want. I would want people to do the same thing with the products I'm trying to buy from others as well. So I think I'm doing it the right way. Yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely a way to go about it. And then a really easy shortcut that it seems like 95% of the guys go. And then you wonder you wonder why you don't see their pages in like a year or two is because they jump the gun on everything and and maybe they didn't really think of it as in the business aspect of I should really perfect my craft before I make it public for everybody else. And exactly. it's unfortunate because I'm sure some of those guys are, are quite talented, but they either get kind of greedy because they see baits going that they think they could build better or they don't know any better and, and they just kind of jump the gun on it. A lot of guys really want to make a quick buck too. That's a, that's a big thing exactly. that I see. I've talked with a lot of newer builders and that's a lot of things. They're like, dude, you see these baits going for four or 500 bucks? I'm like, yeah, but make sure your your shit swims that good, and you got to build your name up a little bit first. You're not just gonna build a bait, have zero catches behind it, and then go slap a three hundred dollar price tag on a bait. Like, it's not happening. You're not gonna have any type of successful business doing that. Yeah, it. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of guys out there, and um, unfortunately, I don't think the swim bait game is as cutthroat as it was a couple of years ago. And For I sure. think it would. It, I think it would probably be beneficial if it went back to the old ways like uh like og uh swim bait beef like that page was absolutely ruthless 
Yep. And it kind of kind of set the tone on some guys like, don't do this shit. Like, if you do this shit, you're going to get called out for it. And exactly. <laughs> it, uh, you got to do things the right way, that's for sure. Yep, exactly. If you go about it in a funny way, uh, you're most likely going to get criticized for it. Not necessarily as hard as you would back then, but uh, you'll get made fun of now, but it's almost like it doesn't really matter because you're still going to do it. I don't know. It's weird, man. It is. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with things. I'm in my process, though, just trying to perfect my little craft I've got going here out of my garage, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, to see the first drop of them. I'm definitely going to be snagging one for, for the river fishing around here. I'm very excited. I, I love seeing the swim videos, and I think, uh, like you said, posting those videos is is uh very beneficial for not only you but for guys to be like oh shit like this guy uh is putting his time into it and it's he's not just like you said he's not trying to make a quick buck he's trying to put an effective bait on the market for guys to to catch fish on absolutely yeah that's exactly i mean yeah that's exactly how i've been thinking of it to it too yeah for sure man but if that's everything uh if that's everything that we can think of tonight i'm i'm ready to wrap it up if you are yeah, man. It sounds good. It was great talking with you. I appreciate all the questions and having me on here with you. It was awesome talking. Yeah, of course. I, I appreciate you. It was kind of very short notice. I hit you up yesterday. Like, hey, like you want to come on? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have anybody lined up. And if you want to come on, we can talk. I know we touched on it before uh, coming on. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your Sunday afternoon, Sunday night to come and blabble with me. Sure thing, man. Yeah. Love talking swim baits anytime, time of day or night. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. What what's your Instagram? And do you you don't I mean, obviously I guess you don't have a Facebook page yet because you don't really, you don't know what your brand's gonna be called quite yet. But what's your Instagram for everybody who's listening as they can drop you yeah, so, and keep up to date? Yeah, Instagram name is Gage's Angling Life. So it's just my name, Gage, plural, angling life. Um and yeah, that's where I've been posting all my content. Like I said, on the top of my main page, I've got all of my highlight reels where you can kind of see the entire build process of me started out with a piece of paper all the way to where I am now and kind of the pros and cons, mistakes and successes I've had along the way. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I will link your Instagram in there for because that's that's a lot easier for people than trying to fucking type stuff, especially if you're illiterate like me. I was just saying, it's, it's kind of a long name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I want to thank Gage for coming on. Um, Make sure if you guys don't already, make sure you guys follow the, the podcast, uh, Instagram, scales and tails underscore podcast. Uh, make sure if you guys haven't already to, to rate the podcast on your listening platform, one through five stars, give it a five star if you're really enjoying the show, but rate it honestly, because I'd rather you guys tell me the truth than fucking fill my head up with steam. But I want to <laughs> thank Gage for coming on. I appreciate it a lot. Um, oh, also, there's a couple stickers left for the August august uh giveaway which will be the bone throwback wake walker from kyle and marshall they they whip that thing up and i think they're sending it out to me tomorrow so i'll probably get it around wednesday and thursday and then nice. i think the the giveaway drawing is on thursday so if you guys haven't picked up your sticker yet make sure you grab one limit two per household there's only a couple left so so uh yeah make sure you grab one if you want to try to win that bait it'll be a really sweet bait and i'm, I'm really jealous i have to give it away <laughs> <laughs> But I want to thank Gates for coming on, and I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody for listening. I appreciate it, guys, and I hope everybody has a wonderful Monday because you guys will be listening to this tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.